When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the podcast. Returning is the very first guest I ever had on the podcast, actually, is Coach Bennett. He is the co-offensive coordinator and the O-line coach at Clinton High School in Clinton, South Carolina. He is also the other half of the Coach Steve Coalition to get me off of Coach Sheffer's podcast. And so, Coach Bennett, welcome back. Yes, glad to be here. This is how you know uh... – Coach Steve has jumped the shark. He's had all these big-time guests, and he is officially scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm just glad to make it on here within the same time frame as Justin Clark. That's how I feel like I've hit the big time. Yeah, he's coming back Friday. Is he really? Yeah. Justin's a good friend of mine. I think I think a lot of him. There's not there's not a better quarterback coach in the world. To, to, to me than Justin. Justin does a phenomenal job. 
that run shoot stuff's good. I've sat down and uh, listened to him talk a lot of football. And I've took a lot of notes uh, on stuff he's done. I've learned a lot about football in general's quarterback position in particular. But, you know, he, he comes from a great football family. His dad, Bruce Clark, he retired from coaching now. He owns a barbecue joint, no free ads, game day barbecue in Duncan. Uh, South Carolina, if you're ever down this way, it's phenomenal barbecue. And Coach Clark is a hell of a football coach. He is what Justin is to quarterbacks to the offensive line. Bruce, very good. Great football fan. Yeah, I want him to discuss more with me on his Carolina shoot. And it was just great. I sent a message. He goes, what about Friday? Just – he was so quick about it. He's he's about like us, man. I mean, talking football, he's – as long as, as, long as his – his wife Mary and the two his two little girls are squared away. He'll he'll talk football anytime. Love love Justin. Good friend. Yeah, I'm getting reoccurring guests back. So I was like, well, Coach Ben was the first one. We'll get him back and talk some man stuff. I was like, I've talked to people about defense and offense. I was like, I need old line play. <laughs> and then when Sheffer started his up, I was like, this is the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back talking to football with you guys on Shepherd's podcast. And am I? Because um, we were talking earlier. I don't know if I knew. You guys had a full season. You said before we recorded, but I'm going to reiterate. You guys had like a full season, right, with COVID in the fall. Well, uh, not a full season. We played um, a, a, re- a normal regular season in South Carolina. It's 10 regular season games. Okay. And we got in six. Uh, in a normal year, we would have made the playoffs, but they cut the playoffs down, so we didn't, we didn't make the cut. We lost some close ones, ended up going three and three. Um, finished our season on a high note. We beat a really good, really good, strong Thurman team um, in our last regular season game. Um, shout out to Coach Hillary and his guys down there at Strong Thurman. They do a really good job. They're physical, very young, very good. They're going to be they're a bit force here very shortly. And we won. We beat Woodruff, which is our big rival in our region. Um, and Woodruff actually was the team that got the second playoff nod. So the team that finished second in our region, we beat. Uh, so, you know, we definitely put ourselves in decent contention. But just didn't didn't close out a couple games we should have won. Um, so, um, yeah, it happens. Yeah, we we went one and five, and but we won the last game. It's all that mattered. We were we were losing forty seven to forty four with three seconds left, or on our own twenty. Run a power pass or play action with power, threw it up in the end zone and caught it to win the game. It's all that mattered. We, we've, uh, and I think I talked about it on Bastard Show or somebody. We lost, lost one game by one. We had a field goal blocked at the end. Lost, uh, lost to a really good union team on the road, uh, 28-21, hard fought game. We actually scored to go ahead and had to, had the, uh, had a flag thrown against us on the play and it backed us up from first and goal at the five to first and goal at the 20 and we ended up not finishing that drive off, but, and the call wasn't great, but everybody's that's seen the seen that game saw that saw that play. So it is what it is. It's all right. It's what happens in in a turnaround. You got to learn how to win. So we uh, 
we did a lot of good things over the season uh, and look forward to getting back out there and having a better year this year. Uh, proud of the way our kids competed. and You know, we never never quit on a game. That was that was a big improvement from year one. Uh, so we're we're excited about, you know, what's coming here in Clinton. Um, we were talking before, and everybody knows this is not no secret. You guys are big GT counter, and I was thinking, with all the stuff you guys do for your offensive line, what's your progression, like installing it, like the baby pieces of it, if that makes sense, like drill-wise, like this is how we're going to baby piece through this how, and what the lower levels are, oh, how do we do all that? Yeah, so offensive line, so I tell, I tell the offensive lineman here, um, it all starts with our steps, I mean, our stance and our steps. It's not, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel by any means. Um, now, I do think something that we're doing now that's different from, you know, how things may have been done in the past or how things are done in other places is so we're very fortunate in that our, our varsity team, what we run, the middle school runs it. JV obviously runs it because we coach those guys too. Um, but our middle school runs our offense. Our little league here in town runs a very, very base, you know, version of our offense. So when we theoretically, when they get in the ninth grade and we get our hands on for the first time, we should be able to say, you know, line up in our base formation and they should be able to get out there and line up. And if they're really good, they should be able to run, you know two or three of our plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a huge – community buy-in has been, been great here. Yeah, I think I mentioned before we started recording how, you know, when I first got here, how, you know, we were having to make kids play offensive line. And, and now, going into year three, this isn't including the rising ninth graders. Ten through 12, I've got, you know, 30 offensive linemen down there in Indy. I got too many. Uh, whereas – I'd always rather have too many than not enough. But we've we've been fortunate to be able to kind of build the, our offensive line culture within our team culture because you can't have a position group culture pulling away from your team culture. It's got to be building into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we tell, you know, the big our big phrase, you know, is we don't want any hostages, no prisoners. We want people in the offensive line group that want to be there. So if you don't want to be there, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to sacrifice a kid who might be a little bit more talented, but he don't want to play offensive line. I'm going to give those reps to a kid who's maybe a little lesser talented, but wants to be there, wants to play offensive line, wants to be a great offensive lineman, and wants to do what's right for the team. And we don't have a lot of guys that just want to play defense. That's not a huge problem, but you know, we have kids that play both ways. Um, you know, and fortunately, we're you know we're an odd front defense most of the time, so I don't have to, I never have to worry about four of my starters being on defense. Most of everybody ever is three, but uh, we've got a couple kids that they're better on defense than on offense. So, you know, I might have two guys split in one spot, one spot on defense. So for the majority of the time, I can get at least four of my guys on the sidelines at one time, but sometimes all five mm-hmm. uh, and get them taught to. But, but how we build up. The offensive line, how I do it, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people do things different ways, many different ways, skin and cat. One of the great things about football 
is there's no stone line hard this is the way you have to do it there's a lot of you can do it this way you can do it that way whatever works best for your kids so we're no no surprise to anybody listening to this we run the football you know we, we like to run the ball uh we will throw it uh, you know we make no mistake we, we will throw the football but if given our option we we like what we do in the run game and, and we feel like we can get ourselves in a good play most of the time. Well, with that being said, you know, even back when we were at Boiling Springs, when I was at Boiling Springs, as a young coach coming up, we th threw the ball a ton. Uh, and we were basketball on grass. Our offense coordinator, Travis Miller, who's a genius, he wanted to snap it within five seconds of the ball being spotted. I mean, he wanted to go as fast as we could go. But he never made us put the OL in two point stances. So even back to then, being no huddle spread, go, 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 thousand miles an hour, we always put our hands down. So I've kind of kept that everywhere I've been. And we'll go out, we'll go out of a two point if we, you know, we, we got calls where we can do that. Even when I was in the double wing and we were put, put double tight at Woodmont, we would go out of a two point stance just because a lot of times it, you're a three-point stance team, and you're in your preset. The defensive line, they're standing there with their hands on their thighs waiting on defensive call, so you can get people there. And we did that at Bull Springs, too. But we're going to be – we're going to put our hands in the dirt, and our stance is very married to that. So we're not – we're not in the NFL, big, huge stagger. You know, we, we're toe-to-end step. You play side foot, you know, if you left tackle, you left foot, right tackle, right foot, so on and so forth. That foot's going to be staggered, toe to end step. I don't like it a lot more than that. Tackles can get a little bit more of a stagger, you know, because I got like my left tackle, he's 6'6. Six, six. So my, his stagger is going to be a little bit different than a kid beside him that's 5'10. I don't believe in necessarily a universal stance, just like the six inch step that everybody talks about. Well, I ain't got a ruler out there on the field with me. I know what an overextended step looks like. And I know what stepping under yourself looks like. So we want to get in the middle of that. We're taking a good hard step. Gaining ground without losing power. You know, all the buzzwords, all of it. I've got to talk about season and these and all that. But the only part of our stance that is universal that I do try to mix to everybody other than the center is um, we're about 60-40 weight distribution. We want about 60% of our weight on our hand. Um, I think anything heavier than that will make it tougher on us to get back in our past sets or whatever. But I believe because we run, we're run first team, whatever we're sacrificing at 60% as opposed to a true 50-50 weight distribution, I think we're gaining more in the run game that makes it worth it if that makes sense. So the way I describe 60-40 is, you remember back in the day, coach taught you how to get in the stance, you put your hand down, which if you were too heavy on your hand, he'd kick your hand out from under you, fall on your face. Well, I tell my guys, if I come by and I swipe your hand, you should fall forward, but it should be a slow, controlled fall. Not face plant, you know, like 
when we were in the flex bowl, when we were in the flex bowl, we were dang 90-10. I mean, you know, butt jacked up in the air, you could roll a quarter down our back, you know. And for the flex bone, that works. Uh, flex bone, you don't get as much pull. You don't do as much pulling and moving. It's, it's more about vertical and, and getting on people. Um, so we do the 60-40 deal. Um, and that's that's probably the only real true hard line of everybody should be there. Now, centers, he, he needs to be 50-50 because he, he needs to be able to get off the ball. But first thing he's got to do is snap it. Right. If he don't snap it, the whole play goes down. Now, if we were under center, he could be a little heavier, and I wouldn't mind. But being in the pistol, too many, even though it's only four yards, too many things can go wrong in those four yards. But he's got to get the snap off, which is also why I use I use a more "quote unquote" athletic type kid at center than a lot of teams. A lot of teams put their big guy who can't move at center. Well, my center's got to be able to do a little something. He's got to be able to. He's got to be able to snap and go. So I use a little bit – we're a little bit lighter than acid center than a lot of teams, but I, I surround him with some pretty good pretty good size when I can. Yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I'm doing stances. I do the exact same thing. Like what you just described, and people look at me like – we have old school coaches on our staff that are the younger level, and they look at me like this old school way. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, listen, I understand you guys want to be – they want to be eye formation, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, I'm like, that's not what the head coach wants or the OC. So, guess what we're doing? We're doing what they're asking. Yeah. So we we got to be – we want to – we're looking to run the ball. But we're, we do, I do the exact same thing where I kick their hand. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to kind of come forward. But you can catch yourself. Not like when we all play when they kick the hand and you fell. Yeah. Um, and I don't do two-point stances. I, I tried it one time as an OC because our head coach was like, well, what if they move faster and this and that? I said, well, we'll try it. And the first series, it worked. And then guess what they started to do as kids? They started to stand up. They didn't fire off the ball. And this staff asked me to go two-point. I said, never again. Well, I go two-point. Never again. Well, that's my, that's my big thing with the, the two-point stances. A lot of guys do it. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they're fine and that's good, but the best offensive lineman I've ever coached from a prospect standpoint, he's a four-star offensive lineman. He went to Clemson, a really good player. And, and out of a three-point stance, he was a, he was a mauler. I mean, he'd get on you. He wanted to play out of a two-point. He wanted to play out of a two-point. So we, we let him. And after three series, I don't, if you don't drill it a lot, I don't care how good of an athlete they are. If you, don't, if you don't make it a point to emphasize it, which we didn't, which was on us, we should have never let him do it. But after three series, he's standing straight up. Yep. And he's he's at you know he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. So if he if he'll do it, then the rest of them they'll stand up after the first play. So I just I prefer to have our hands in the dirt. I think it's a matter of you know it's a matter. Of, there's something about when an offensive line comes to the line of scrimmage and the quarterback says down and everybody's hand goes down. I don't I don't care what anybody says. It looks better, and it, it creates a little bit of extra unison about your group. And that's another thing we drill. We do talk about that a lot. If we if we do a rep under, you know, if we, we're, we're doing our steps every day and blocking bags, you know, if everybody's hand doesn't go down at the same time, I'll let them do the rep and make them come back and do it again because that's just 
And with older guys, you don't have to do that as much because they figure it out. A big part of being a high school offensive lineman is figuring out, you know, what are the little things that are non-negotiable. And if you if you drill if you drill into them, you know, high school kids, regardless of what people say about them, they they want structure and they want, you know, that repetition. And they might say it's boring, but they know once they see the fruits of their labor, they take it more serious. And they figure out those little things like, all right, well, so I've heard I've heard my older guys tell the younger guys, like, look, you know, Coach Bennett, he's he's tough, but practice is a lot easier if you put your dang hand down when he says down. Practice is a lot easier if you block through the whistle. Practice is a lot easier if you do this. And that's from experience. And that's what you want. When you get the older guys start coaching the younger guys, you're you're doing something, and you you got a little bit of culture in your group, and that's a beautiful thing. And I'm seeing that a lot now. And so, uh, another thing that we got that I like is guys that played for me my first year here. You know, one's in college playing, the other one's in college just as a student. He could have played somewhere, but you know, I didn't have him for a year, and he didn't play offensive line for a year. If he'd have done it for another year, he'd probably end up playing somewhere too. Both those guys, they come back to practice. When they're at home, you know, they come back and they see they want to see how the guys that played with them when they were seniors, how they're doing. And, you know, you know they they've commented on the how much better they've gotten and you know and that, you know, that's that's a cool thing to see. And that's that's part of why you do it. You know, winning games is great. Um and, and ultimately we all want to win. If you don't want to win, you're in the you're in the wrong profession. But you know, seeing that growth and seeing people take pride in it, and that's that's our big thing with offensive line. The football team here at Clinton, the Clinton Red Devils, for years, that one of their phrases was the "pride of Clinton." Football team is the pride of Clinton. Well, we use a lot of really good stuff from the old the old times back in the day. We use a lot of that stuff still, but the pride of Clinton was something that always stuck out to me that I felt like. I could steal that and make that my group. So, like, I got the varsity guys. My dog is raising there. My uh, varsity guys, I don't even know what she's barking at. Oh, there's somebody. Somebody's walking their dog down the street. How dare they walk down her street? Um, but the varsity guys, I got them shirts that on the front, I mean, they're plain. I wanted them plain. They're gray, and they say Clinton, OL, and on the back shoulders, it says Pride of Clinton. That's something that we believe in. We believe the best part of the best we have to offer as a team are the guys who put their hand in the dirt. So we are the pride of club. So that's the kids love it, and it's been good for us. I may have this door let her let her come in here. I was gonna say there's dogs. I have a big dog. If she barks, it's fine. Yeah, she's sweet. She just don't like anybody to walk down her street. Come here, girl. Same, same thing. You see Coach Steve? Oh, she don't want to look <laughs> at this guy. <laughs> it's a it's a weenie dog. She's 70 pounds, and it's a weenie dog. It's probably 12 pounds walking down the street. She is locked in. All right, let's calm down. So, Over here, we have a 97-pound chocolate lab, and if somebody walks by, she will go nuts. Yeah, she'll be. Should be all right, but yeah. So we do. 
go back to the stance, you know, we do the 60-40. We, we back our guys up. Um, I kind of kept that from the flex bone and the double wing kind of. We Our guys are backed up. We want to be as far off the ball as we can be to create a charge lane. I, if the referee hadn't warned us by halftime, then I feel like we're crowding the ball. So we want to be backed up, you know, center center lines up. Guard sets his depth off the center. Tackle set their depths off the guard. And, you know, it's gonna look it's gonna look a little different because when you got a six six tackle playing beside a five ten guard, that's why I tell him you can't line up exactly where he lines up, so hell you'll be off sides. You know what I mean? Right. So you gotta set your depth off the guy inside of it. Um, and they they get that after a while. Young guys it usually takes them a while and a lot of film. But the older guys, I mean this has been, in some ways, the easiest offseason I've ever had coaching because I got a bunch of returners and I got a bunch of guys that know what the expectations are. But when you mix in those young guys, that makes it hard because they're they're trying to catch up. They, they started a race five laps down, and they're trying to catch up. So that catch-up process takes a little while. But when you just – when you got your varsity guys out there and you're going, 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 it's it's, it's really fun and it's good. You know, we, we uh, the other day we were joking around a little bit during the Indy and we laughed for about 15 seconds and I was like, all right, y'all got it out of your system. Let's get back to work. And they locked back in and got to going. One thing I've noticed, there's a lot less talking during individual. And that's because those older guys know that a real quick way to make things take a turn for the worse it's for a lot of unnecessary talking during drills. So they quiet the young guys down. I don't have to yell and scream as much, you know, and they don't yell and scream at the young guys or berate them. They're just like, hey, shut up, because I'm telling you, you know, it'll be bad. And they get it. You know, it usually takes one or two spring practices to get everybody back in, back into the swing of things. But it's been fun, man. It's, it's, it's a great thing. And this town, this town loves football, so it's, it makes everything easier. Yeah, I w- I'm going to steal the pride thing. I might make that my thing. And this is my technically second year, I guess. And the guys are like, well, when Coach Steve compliments you, you better enjoy because they don't come very often. And, like, we had a game where we scored a 70-some run touchdown. They came back, and I said, yeah, but you could have done this or that. So they know there's no – I look ways to get better. But it's kind of funny, some of the older guys, like, when I before I got that, they didn't really skip pull on like power. They did something else. So the young guys are trying to learn skip pulling. They're trying to learn this, and I got the older guys teaching them. So I think they're finally bought in because the first thing that happened to me was why? Why are we skip pulling? Why are we not opening all the way up? Yeah. And my answer to them was, well, I went to school to be a PE teacher, which didn't work out, but I took kinesiology classes. Let me do my stupid kinesiology for you. When you open all the way up and you're facing the sideline, you have to look this way and trying to shift your weight to go up here. To, to just, I said power can hit in the A-gap. So if we do that and we have to get right up the field right now, why? We better skip pull and stay square and do this. And I'm like, man, when we played, I didn't ask why. But they're like, why? And they question it. And I'm like, well, that's good that you're questioning it. But at the same time, I'm like, who are you? Kids are definitely more question driven and, and that's fine. You know, I'm 
me and you are roughly the same age, you know, I, I never asked a coach why ever. And, and that was just this, this generational difference. Um, you know, when me and you, when me and you went to practice, we had water. Well, our dads and grandparents, they went to practice, they had salt tablets. Generational difference. Right. You know, and it's, I don't mind answering questions. I love when they ask questions. Now, I try to get out ahead of as many questions as I can. So, like, if we're installing a new play, I generally like to take those guys in, in team room first and draw it up and say, you know, this is why we're doing this and this is why we're doing it. And I get most of them answered before we get on the field. You know, and that's – but the more – I think questions are, are great because as a coach, you know, you should have the answers to most of them. Mm-hmm. Now, every once in a while, and I'm not, you know, I'm not Nick Saban. I've had, I've had questions asked on the field, especially when I was coaching in double wing because I was unfamiliar with the offense. I just knew, like, I knew what power was supposed to look like, and I knew, you know, I know how to block down. But when they'd ask a double wing question, I'd say, well, I'll ask the head because my head coach was the double wing savant. I said, I'll ask him and I'll get back to you. But for today, just do it this way and I'll get your question answered. But, you know, you got to, you know, kids don't expect you to be some kind of, you know, superhuman that knows everything. You just got to know your stuff and uh, let them know you care about them. And they'll they'll go, they'll do whatever you ask them to do. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Well, you got this asshole line coach coming in, changing things up. They weren't sure how to go about it in the spring because, like, I came in and I said, you know, we're, we're, I don't know where power is going to hit. That was my big thing. His big thing was power. And I said, it's going to be a gap or B gap. I have no idea. And some coaches were like, what do you mean you have no idea? And I said, I don't know. Like I'll watch film and tell you exactly how they're going to line up. They're going to go in this under front, the over front. And I'll tell you exactly where it goes. But what if we come out and they're in a five down for some reason, I have no idea what they're going to do. They could switch it up. We have to be prepared. That power is going to hit A gap, B gap, C gap. I have no idea. Trap. We always don't – we try to block the three tech. But what if there is no three tech and we're going to that side? We've got to block the five tech. We have to adjust it. So I have calls to make it wider. Well, why? Because of this or because of that. Um, I came in. Me and the head coach talked. What about a gallop? Have you guys ever done gallop to protect the gap? They've never done it before. So I had to re- literally reinvent the wheel. And Gallup's not my big thing, but a part of me is like, let's see if this works. You know, like, because I'm new here. So I'm like, trial and error. Are they going to get it? Do I just say screw with the footwork and go? Because here's the thing. When we go to double team, they ask me, how do we get there to double the right way? So that's where I came up. I just said, let's just do Gallup's. That's what I can think of. You know, I was thinking about the Gallup step earlier today, just thinking about practice and how we get stuff done and stuff. And, you know, my kids don't know what a gallop step is. Mm-mm. They they do it. They don't know what it is. My kids don't know. So I'm very, as, as much as I can, I try to simplify stuff. Because, man, these kids are 16, 17 years old. They got a chemistry test tomorrow. You know, they got girlfriends. Every I've never, I've never coached a group of offensive linemen that had more girlfriends than this group right here. And I'm proud <laughs> of it. But, my God, they – it's unbelievable. I mean, and, and some of them's been dating the same girl the entire their entire high school life, and I'm just like, my God. So I mean, they got a lot of stuff going on. So I don't waste a lot, like over, under, okey, all that. We we do odd, even, and bare. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
There's three fronts. We don't care how many linebackers are back there. We'll make our calls. We'll we'll make our calls, and we'll make sure we're doubling to the right guy. Coach Steve's show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter, and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickoffteam.com. If you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Team. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, okay? The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off. Or there's an option to buy four. If you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees, if you like it so much, when you use the code CSS, you'll get the fourth one free. So instead of paying full price for all four, you'll get three. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. Use the code CSS. Get 10% off. Buy four to get the fourth one free. This is a game changer, guys. It does more than just hold your balls. Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. As you guys know, the Coach Steve Show is also brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. The Unhinged Sports Network is a 24-hour, seven days a week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Non-stop playing uh, radio podcasts about any sport that you guys can imagine. They have a proud partnership with Fanatics. So if you go to the link in the description, uh, go to Fanatics, use that link, and go get some gear to support the Coach Steve Show and to support the Unhinged Sports Network. They have deals all the way up to 70% off. They have deals for free shipping. And they have every single sports team you could think of. Your college team is going to be on there. Your professional team is going to be on there. They have good deals on jerseys, t-shirts, hats, socks, anything you want. So please use the link in the description to go to fanatics.com. Save big on your team's gear to help support the support the Unhinged Sports Network and to support the Coach Steve Show. But 
I don't waste time trying to teach them the difference between them. And, and I'll catch myself saying it, you know, we get a lot of what I call split even, twos, fives, outside backers, 20 backers. You know, we get a lot of that. And I'll catch myself calling it split even front, and then one of my start returners will be like, what's split even? I'll be like, don't worry about it, even front. Like, <laughs> but that's why we're so rule-based, you know, that I don't really care what you line up in. We, we've got bear calls, you know, if you want to bear us up. Not a lot of people do because you give up a little on perimeter and uh, we got some speed. So well, thank God our, our skill guys kind of keep us out of seeing a lot of bear. Um, but when we've seen bear, it hasn't killed us because we know we've drilled it enough to know, all right, make our calls and we'll get, we'll block as many as we can. In the day, we can't block the five. Mm-hmm. So we're going to block, we're going to block whichever five we need to block. But like, like you're talking about, I mean, when I, when I first got here, our left tackle, my first year, he was all state, three A all state. Um, and, um, he had one of the worst stances I'd ever seen when I first got here. He was a good player. He had good film, but his stance was off. And I was like, man, think of how good you'd be if you just did this. You know, instead of what you've been doing, he got in that old rec, rec league wide stance. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's the big thing for me is I try to narrow their base up. I don't want to play in too wide because if you're too wide, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to overextend on your first step. You're going to step under yourself to come back to balance. So we try to narrow their stances up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I almost kind of stole that, too, from flex on guys like Ron Boyd down at the Citadel. You know, he does a great job. His guys never waste movement. So that's that's the big thing for me is I don't like wasted movement. I don't like wasted movement, and I almost overcoach the backside hand because the backside hand is the most underutilized tool in an offensive lineman's toolbox. They they almost – it's like the, the backside of the body goes dead. It's like mm-hmm. they forget, they, hey, you've got this other hand you can use. You know, so those are a couple of things we kind of harp on a little bit. Loading up on our backside, like we're stepping on our play side foot, loading up on our backside foot. Grabbing grass where they're trying to, I tell them, like, try to grab the grass with your toes so you're loaded up. You can't fall step. The only thing you can do is take the correct step. You know, rolling the backside knee, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a bunch of little things you can always harp on. That's why I tell the guys all the time, like, there's no such thing as a perfect rep. Y'all will never run a play where I can't look at the end zone view and be like, y'all did everything right. I will find something. That's part of just, being a, a good offensive line coach in, in my, you know, in my opinion is finding, you know, you can always get better at something. You're never going to, nobody's ever going to wake up and be like, man, I've got this football thing whipped. You know what I mean? I mean. Yeah, that's why when I compliment them and, like I said, the spring was the first year, these guys that are seniors, like, did Coach Steve just compliment you? And the sophomore is like, yeah. And he goes, you better write that down in a book and sleep next to it because he's not going to do that again. Or I do compliment and then something goes bad. Or the best one is coached. I do good. I'm like, I'll watch the film later. I don't know if you did good. And then I'll find something like, well, what if you took a step with this foot or I've already shown film from last year because when they ask me why about the skip pull, I pull up film from last year. And I'm like, if he would have skip pulled right and actually looked where he's supposed to go, we would have done this and this, we would have scored a touchdown. But since, you know, all that stuff. But then I have to come in and the reason why I brought up the Gallup is because I think I'm the only one in our conference that does it. 
but I was just trying to think of a way of like, how do I block? How do I get them to protect the gap? Cause I'm like you, I'm gap down backer. I keep it a stupid yeah. simple. When we do our inside zone, I take the covered uncovered rules, but I make them gap versions. So if we're running inside zone left and I say, are you covered? Is there a guy head up you to your left? You're covered. You take him. Are you uncovered? I need you to look back now and see if you need to help our friend out to a double team. If we can get him by himself, there's a call. We have a call like, no, I, got, I don't even care if you say I got this. Yeah. Then you know to go do your zone. But if he looks back and you have some type of dummy or call, we say Carolina because there's two of them. All right, say Carolina. We know to double. I keep it. I mean, shit, there's there's a bunch of good offensive line catches. Their their guys still go up there and go me you. You know. I say that with uh yeah I do that with when we actually double. I say and we see a backer. I still say like me me me. I'm gonna come off and go get him. That's what I do. So we when we double team, so we gap. We're doubling to a backer. Mm-hmm. We will not actually call. We'll make an off call mm. just to let your buddy know like I'm going off. We will not make that call until we have established movement on the down lineman. And I tell them, ultimately, if you don't come, if you never come off this defensive lineman and the linebacker runs, that's fine. But, you know, obviously, so if it's guard tackle, you know, and he's trying to undercut it, the guard will say off, off, but he'll come off, tackle takes over. Because he's trying to run over top, tackle say off, off, he comes off, the guard's got to fight. But, you know, we don't, we don't, do any of that till we're blocking that guy first. We got to take care of the down alignment because, I mean, especially in our region, we play in a down, a murderer's road in 3A football. There's, and there's, there's a bunch of really good football teams here in the state. There's a bunch of good football teams in 3A. There's two regions in 3A that are absolute ball busters, and we're in one of them. And, uh, you know, I'd rather a linebacker make the play for three yards than we come off too early and the down, the D lineman makes the play at the line of scrimmage, you know. So we're all we're gonna try to get first level movement first. Yeah, that's my big thing for them is I want like at least like three yards movement, two to three yards, if not more, when I'm baby stepping it. But they want to hit the guy and then get to the backer or a big thing with the gallop, which I need to get better at is the load, like the load into it. I'm just getting the footwork down. If we can get the load blast into them, that's fine. My big thing is they're starting to use their forearm a lot, which is fine. I understand. But then what starts to happen? They do this. Yeah. They try, they try to block. I hate to uh, – half the offensive line community will crucify me for this. I don't like the flipper. We don't use flipper. We're, we're heel of hand and shoulder. Um, and the, the main the main reason for that, if if all my kids look my look like my left tackle, we'd probably use more flipper. And I know like there's some coaches that are really good at, at coaching that stuff and damn they're good at it. I mean obviously Herb Hands personally think of man, he does a phenomenal job. They crowd her to death and, and all that. But in my experience, the flipper, you gain what you gain in initial jolt movement you lose in control whereas i like to control the down lineman two hands four eyes to the linebacker two hands to the down lineman four eyes to the linebacker i feel like i can grab paul and manipulate you more after the point of attack than 
yeah, I mean, on a flipper, you're, you got more surface area. You're getting more of a broad strike. But I, for especially our first two years, we were so weak that our, if we'd have used flippers, we'd have got nothing. Mm -hmm. well, we, it was all about what happened after contact, you know, that, I've, and I've, I've always been a heel hand guy. I like heel hand and shoulder and driving up, you know. If your truck broke down, would you would you go out behind it, hit it with your forearm, or would you put your hand on it and push it? That's what I tell them. And they'd say, oh, I put my hands on it and push it. Well, do you bench press like this? Bench press like this. So that's the reason we do it. And I'm sure, you know, there's a bunch of guys out there that get mad about that, but I don't give a shit. So. Well, I'm stupid enough they can get mad at me. I think when you do that is when let's because I played tackle. So a lot of times when I talk to line coaches or I drop, I'm thinking tackle because that's what I played. In my mind, if there's a two tech, so you're not really doubling them, but you're still galloping to protect that gap or taking the step just to see if they stunt. I'm all for if it's a two tech and you're going to blast into him real quick because he's not really there. That's fine. But when you're double teaming, I'm kind of with you of if you can get your hand in there and grab the jersey, then it kind of churns, but you're still inside and you kind of do this. You're still using your forearm, but you have some control. If you yeah. do this and you're trying to drive, I just feel like they're going to slip off you because now they have to hand fight when you come in and grab. Then you've got this hand. That's the next thing. They can bring it back here. I'm running. I'm trying to teach my kids. I said, we don't have to look athletic, but we can be athletic. So yeah. we can run. When we're double team, we can kind of run with it and bring our hips. So then that way when the linebacker's there now, instead of trying to do another flip, it's here. So even if we just push, it's fine. That's how stupid simple I am with it. And some whole line coaches, they do crowd, they do that. I'm like, no, I want the hand grabbed inside. Then we can bring our forearm into them. No, I agree. It's all about control. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not the only one because when the kids are right. asking questions, I'm like, what happened before I got here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – I'm much more about control after initial contact than I am that initial jolt. I mean, if, if, if our, I feel like if our aiming points are solid, yeah. Like we aim. So like on a double team for us, you know, we're, we got a postman and a caveman postman stands him up. Caveman's guy from outside caves, everything down. We're aiming. We're trying to block hips. We're not trying to, we're not trying to stand up and wrestle with you. We're trying to, come off the ball with flat back and roll into the block and finish. Like we work. They so and the young guys do it a lot. And the older guys have been kind of working, working them through it the way I've worked with them through it. Of, you don't want to roll your hips too early. Mm -hmm. The hip roll comes when you're really good. The hip roll comes when you're putting the man down, you know, you don't want to rush the hip roll. I want to stay flat back on the hips as long as I can, getting movement. Now, if you roll your hips in the block, you put the guy down. That's fine. That looks great, and I'm I'm all for it. I, I you know I I like pancakes as much as the next guy, but I don't want to sacrifice two yards of movement for trying to get that cheap pancake. You know, in the middle of the interior when he's going to slip on another guy's foot. I like pancakes in the open field you know, like the second level. Now these kids are all about the pancakes. They're like, well, coach, I pancaked him. And I'm like, yeah, but how many yards did we get on this run? Do you even know? 
And they're like, no. Yeah. And I say two things. I'm like, good, because you weren't looking at the running back. That's fine. Second thing is we got three yards. If you guys would have just kept pushing them or done this, we would have gotten five to ten yards. Yeah. They want pancakes. And there's a school here in Illinois. I don't know if it got on TV. I don't know if it was on ESPN or something. I can't remember. When they got pancakes, the athletic trainer would come over and pour syrup down the O-line's mouth, and they had pancakes. And it was great pump-up stuff. But then it kind of got out. So they're like, well, coach, did you see the school? And I said, yeah, I'm friends with the head coach that did it. I know where it's at. It's at Mount Zion in Illinois. And that's fantastic. But what he did for me was that's all they want. Coach Steve, where's your syrup? Yeah. And I'm like, you get me a state title ring, and you guys go to college, I'll get you all the pancakes you want. And you guys do what I ask. I don't even need the ring. You guys should do what I ask. I don't give a shit. That's where, you know, my, I, I love to see the look on some of the older players' face if a young guy asked me if I was going to do something like that. <laughs> and that's great. I don't, you know, that's just not my style. I'm not the, I'm not the frills, thrills and frills guy. I just kind of, we kind of do our job. And that's like, you know, people, people say, you know, coach, you don't really, on Friday night, I try to be a, calm source of information. I, I, I don't do a lot of hell raising on Friday night. That's if, if I'm not yelling on Friday night, that's a good thing. You know, I've yelled, which I don't, you know, I, I'm not, a, I don't lose my voice in practice or anything. Like when I was young, I was a yeller. Now, if I'm, if I'm yelling, it's for a reason. Uh, but I'm getting after them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Thursday, I shouldn't be getting after him anymore. Friday, we should be doing our job. And, you know, the most you'll get out of me is after a touchdown going, you know, one, was, you know, maybe a fist bump. But I don't get out there and, like, chest bump kids or shit like that. When you fat like me, too many things like, things like that can go wrong too many ways. You know, I can't be out there splitting my pants or anything. Me and the D coordinator will jump up and bump shoulders. And I think, like, the third time, he's younger than me. We jump up, and he goes, "Did you even jump?" I was like, "No, I can't jump no more, man." Like, he was a strength coach at Concordia University, and now he's doing that here. He's excited, and it's great. And I'm like, "You're younger than me, though. You can hoop and holler." But the funny thing is, how it, I look for perfection because I think if you drive for perfection with the O line, you'll get that. You'll get as close. So it's real funny. We'll get a, a, a run of like five or six yards, and that's great. But I saw, I see something wrong. I see, like, the left tackle, you didn't do this, or the right guard, you didn't do this. The head coach is yelling, like, great job, great job. And then there's my dumb person yelling, hey, if you would have done this, I'm on the field. If you would have done this, blah, 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 blah. So they kind of have the mixed signals of, like, the head coach said we did good, but Steve is like – Yeah. I'm like, if you would have – hey, if we actually would have double teamed here, or if you actually would have kicked out, or if you actually would have done this. So I'm a, I, I'm an imperfect – I look for perfection, and it's – no, I mean, I think as as an offensive line coach, you, you kind of have to have you have to have at least some of that. But I mean, like, start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to five hundred dollars off Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. If we have a run of seven or eight, I'm on the, I'm on the headset on the field like, who made the tackle? <laughs> because 
I want to know if it's the right. if it was the backside linebacker, then somebody's gonna hear about it when we get to the sideline because that should have been because I'm thinking if you know it's if it's like one of those calls where you're just like oh man we got him and you get eight mm-hmm. you're thinking you're gonna get forty eight and the backside linebacker scrapes over top of double team makes play then you know play side tackle is gonna toe to ass chewing when he gets to the sidelines because we should have scored. That happened to us on an ISO. I swear, we called an ISO, and I'm looking. We do the ISO. You know, you kick out, double team, insert the running back or the wing. We we do that. Yeah. I'm looking at it, and he called it. I'm like, this is going to be a 50-yard run because they had moved. It was just going to be this great run. Then then their defensive end moved inside, screwed it all up because I think you replied to one of my tweets. We just struggled with the freaking four eyes. The kids oh, yeah. could not – they could not – I tried to do the old school thing of like, you know, you step inside of them and drive them or you just take them where they want to go. Um, you told me about the old scoop and get underneath of them and kick them out. Then I saw a team gallop inside of them this year. We were playing a team and they were really good at ISO and we put our guy at a four-eye. I don't pay attention to defense, but I saw we put a guy in a, inside. They would gallop inside, roll their hips under, and drive forward. I never seen to gallop inside. You gotta be pretty damn good to get vertical movement on that. Yeah. That's yeah. the first thing I think. You gotta have some big strong youngins. Oh, they this team's offensive tackle was tall and big, but he could move. And I never seen that where like if he's on the inside or even head up, he would gallop inside and do it. Instead of galloping upwards, he would gallop kind of inside. Instead of scooping, he'd gallop in and turn him. When uh, we ain't done recording, I'll I'll show you what I'll show you something we did with four eyes. It's pretty, pretty solid. We just the best thing to do to a four eye. We don't do this, so I can say this. The best thing you can do to a four eyes is run mid triple. That's the best thing you can do. Arc to the front side linebacker, double the nose, read the four eye, and then the force guys the pitch. That's the best play to a four eye to me because he basically. You know, mid-triple, traditionally, you read the three to five, three to the five, dive and pitch. Well, now they've taken the three technique and they've widened him out even further. So he's got to declare super early what he's going to do because he's a half gap, half gap wider. And your pitch guy is wider now, too. So it's a cleaner read for mid-triple. That's what all flexbone guys do to it. It's beautiful. Or they arc and trap him. Yeah. I, for our offense, when that happened, I said, quit calling ISO. We need to trap him or run power read to see if he'll go back outside. Because they'd line up inside our tight end even. So I said, let's just run power read, arc release our tight end, see if he'll go outside. When he starts doing that, then we can go back to the inside. But then he, we, our big play was ISO. That was our biggest run play. So yeah. I finally said, okay, I'm going to start fold blocking then. I'm going to kick the, the guard out. We're going to wrap underneath. And if it's the same side – you're going to have the tackle coming up and our wing coming up. So now you got two guys moving forward. That was the best way I could come up with with these kids understand. We'll just fold block. But then it became why. Then I got to teach them that technique. Like it was just one why after the other. And finally, one day I'm the jerk. I was like, because you're not good enough to kick that guy's ass. He's kicking your ass. You're not good enough. So we're going to help you. Yep. Yeah. That'll do it. Or cut him, but we 
No, no, we will, we will cut you. And then we'll do that. The best thing was I teach him skip pull and I give my big kinesiology thing. Then it was, well, I kind of want to do GT counter. So I kind of had to show them that where we have to open up the way they said. And they told me, well, you just told me that skip pulling was for this. So now I got to get them to understand. I think we want to go back to looking at GT or even GH counter, what we call. GT is great for us. That's, I think that's what we go to. We don't skip pull though. I do the traditional power pull. It's just because years ago I went to Clemson and Coach Caldwell said, he said, I don't like skip pull. He said, we do it because I got a bunch of guys that can do it. And we were at Bowling Springs at the time. He said, every young at Bowling Springs probably can't skip pull. And the first time we ever tried to do it, we went. I'm worried about initial knockback. So we're playing a if we're playing a dude, and he just blows. You know, play, we're playing a say we're playing an odd front team, and our and they they got a nose, and he just knocks our centers flat back, and we step on him with our first step backwards to do the skip pull, and we trip over the ball. That happened to us. I was like, hell with this. You know, uh, we didn't do it anymore. But but it's I mean, it's good too. You just gotta. You know, you got a KYP man, know your people. Uh, we don't do it, but there's certainly a lot of merit to it. I understand keeping. So if I want to keep my shoulder square, I've taught like a shuffle pull. I just don't like crawl. I don't like clicking heels uh-huh. and uh, crossing over. So we'll do, I tell you, you know, when I've done it in the past, I've taught it like, all right, you'll take that first drop step, and then it's just like guarding somebody in basketball. Shuffle, shuffle, insert type deal. But, uh, we just traditional power pull now. I, my guys are good enough to rip that inside elbow and keep their head around, you know. But he's married to the skip pull. I just don't like it. It's kind of like the flipper. I just don't like it. The only reason why I did it was because I watched the film from the previous year when I, before I got there, and that's kind of what they did. But what happened was they would start to, like, wander too far, you know, instead of going up. Get too wide. Or, like, if they ran power read, they, they would see that unblocked defensive end. So when their eyes locked on – they're like, that's who I hit. And so that backer was making the play. So when I came in, I said, I want to get rid of this. We're going to skip pull to stay square. And But then when we went to try to do, I think I might try to do GT counter, I'm going to have to do, you know, the traditional open up. So now it's going to contradict everything I just did. But I, to me, it's almost different, though. You're trying to kick out and then wrap under. Different pull. Right. But it's kids. They're not going to understand it. But I think that's what we're going to have to go to because we don't have our tight end. We don't have this. I'm going to have to go to GT counter, and I'm going to have to go with pin and pull. That, that's what we're going to have to do. And i got to develop a center. So if you want to send me a center, you send them right along. Uh, I got some young ones. got some young ones you can have. My senior is going to be good, though. My senior has gone. Nobody wants to snap the ball. My best snapper – my best long snapper is our quarterback. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, our best, our best center. I'm trying to play at guard because he's one of our best offensive linemen. Um, he started the last two years at center, and it was really good. But and what we do, you can, you can make a living with your not best kid at center. But you got to have good guards. Yeah, this is our dead week, and I've spent 
at least sometime doing a couple podcasts, but I'm going to the beach tomorrow morning. It's take a long weekend, so we uh we all right. This is our second dead week. We our have- second dead week is the last week in July, and it's a half a week because that's when the clinic is. We start practice July 30th. As we stand today, we're 23 days from practice. Yeah, we start sometime in August. But since we start football so early in June, well, we just got our equipment. They're getting equipment today or tomorrow. We just got the helmets back. It was a nightmare. We got all that. We, we actually got to order some more order some more helmets. Well, see, you guys that played in the fall were good. I was playing. We took we took the equipment off of them the last game in April at eleven. I up, set it out. Oh yeah, we got it off of them at eleven o'clock at night. Put it all in the corner. Our um, equipment manager person, like who oversees all of sports in the entire school, we put it in this pile. The next morning, sent it off, and we just are now getting it back. But they said there's a truck driver shortage, and that was the problem. Oh wow. A coach we work with, his brother is a, uh, works in beer distributing, is a manager. He said that's their big problem is there's no option then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we have, we have uh, I want to say in two years, have given up eight or nine sacks. So wow. we, we protect wow. pressure pretty well. Um, and, I, and actually, it's not. Rocket science, I'll uh I'll give y'all the juicy details when we're not recording, but we carry four pass pros. And one of those is sprint out. <laughs> yeah, we we only slide protect. See, I don't know if you I'm trying to figure out the big on big. I'm not very good at it. we just slide like half slide. We are big on big conservatively 70% of the time. I love it. I love blocking the blocking the most dangerous five. Yeah, we just uh, we just half slide. Or four man depending half, on how lined up. We half slide too. When I was OC we half was, slide do what? When I was OC we used to f- full slide and then the running back pickup. I've done full slide on like quick game, half slide on three step, big on big on five to seven step, or you know whatever. It just depends on like if you're in a gun, there are no drops, but or those drops don't match up. But you know, for that basic progression, that's how we used to do it. But I mean, here we we're pretty simple, but we're effective uh, big on big really good to us yeah, you have to give me details after recording because I've coached it and then I got away from it and we just did slide protect I've never gone back never gone back when I give you when I give you the details you're gonna be like wow how in the hell does that work but it's yeah it's, simple. it's been three or four years since I've done big on big and that sounds well, crazy. Let's wrap this thing up so I can show you. All right. So before we leave, tell everybody how good Indiana football is. That was my other thing I talked about last night with the guys again. 
Oh, I use football. <laughs> if they, Heath's got them going eleven and one. If I go, if I go eleven and one, I'll drive to Ohio and kiss him on the face. That's not going to happen. They, they call lightning in the bottle. I, think I mean, they got a chance to be good. I just don't think they're. I think there's too many teams in the Big Ten that are going to take a jump. I don't know how big a jump they can take. Uh, I certainly don't think they're a 9, 10, 11 win team. And if they are, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll be here. When we do the end of the year deal, I'll be there. Just like I was last year when I thought Navy was going to be really good and they didn't practice with contact for two months. I have to eat it for Indiana because I'm not confident, but I'm just on, I'm on the train. I got to eat that out to Illinois if that happens. That's what I'll have to. Well, and last night I said we did the Sun Belt. Yeah. And we we figure it's going to be Raging Cajuns versus Coastal Carolina when you split up that conference. So they asked me, and I said, you know what, though? I'm going to go with Raging Cajuns. No offense to Coastal Carolina. I just want to be the different guy. I just want to be different. Yeah. I said, if they get hot, because he can coach now. Yeah, Napier's good. They they all pick Coastal Carolina. And I'm so I'm the odd guy out. And I'm like, but – well, Sheffer, Sheffer asked me, you know, and I can't remember if that was in the group chat or just me and him. He was like, well, what, do you, what do you think? Since you're not going to be on there, give me your thoughts. And I was like, well, Coastal's not going anywhere. But what if I'd have been on, I would have said is, don't forget there's a team in Boone, North Carolina, that's won 10 games a year for the last 1,000 years. It seems like App State's not going anywhere either. That was my uh, next one, too. I said, just because they lost Peterson to Illinois – that OC that came, he was there for years. So they're not going to mm-hmm. beat. That'd be good. That'd be really good. And that was the first they're time we line to beat them. Mm-hmm. And everything I say about IU, you can say about Coastal. I just believe in – I'm not close to Indiana. I'm close to Coastal, and I know some of those guys, and I think that they're going to keep it rolling. Well, Indiana lost staff members. So when Coastal Carolina brings in their whole staff back, except for some GAs, Yep. Freshman quarterback, going to be a sophomore, young O-line, young this. It's supposed to be good. Indiana loses D.C. They lose some players. It's the Big Ten. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And then in the fun belt, you also got you got Georgia Southern, who's never bad. <laughs> They're, even when App State's really good, they give App State the devil, man. I mean, that's a tough game. But fun belt's fun. That's why it's called the fun belt. All right, well, we can wrap it up. You can give me juicy off-recorded details. Um, uh-huh. Where can they find you on Twitter if they ever want to talk O-line? Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody ever wants to talk football, I'm on Twitter, Coach Bennett 32 uh, Follow me, shoot me a message. We'll, uh, we'll get together. I do, I've done a bunch of these with guys from Twitter that's wanted to, whether it's talk about what we do or bounce ideas about what you're doing, you know, it's – I'm all about helping anybody that's not on our schedule. All right. Well, Coach, thank you for being on. Everybody listening, we'll see you guys next time. And we're signing off before my internet shuts off. Mary. 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.